This episode of Worcester Breakaway is brought to you by you! A little soldier boy there, I think. Question mark? All right. Anyway, uh, our friend Brendan Fitzpatrick joins the show today. We talk a lot about uh, Jesper Fast. We talk a lot about other random topics and hit this week in New York Rangers. And I think we're all, we all say at the same time, just anybody but the Islanders. Anybody, please. Anybody, please out there. Help, help, help me. All right. Uh, let's get to the show, shall we? Here's Mark Messier. Hi, everybody. It's Mark Messier, and you're listening to Blue Shirts Breakaway, the number one Rangers podcast. Welcome to the Big Blue Shirts Breakaway. I am your host, Ryan Mead of The Athletic, and I'm also here with my co-host, Greg Kaplan, also The Athletic. Greg, say hello. Must we go through the charade? Of what? Just doing doing the say hello. We, I mean, we don't have to. We, we skipped it. All right. I feel like we now. have to. All right. Well, um, a tough weekend in sports for our former, co- former coaches. We also have a great podcast today. Our friend Fitz uh, comes on. We have a 25-minute conversation about Yes for Fast, which I know what you're thinking. Wow, I'm dying to hear that. It's coming. Don't worry. I'll feed you, baby bird. Yeah. Uh, Fitz, Fitz deserved plaudits for the effort he puts in on this week's podcast. And uh, it, we, it, it's another Fitz free content of the week. We just had him on this time. That's all. For sure. Yeah. For sure. And we just let him go. Yeah. We, we appreciate it. It, it goes. I, I'll tell you. A lot of good guests recently. Good, great job, Greg. You've been killing it. Oh, thank you. Thank you. Um, all right, let's get to it. AV lost a game where uh, he was down 3-1. They almost came back, and then he made a lot of bad mistakes. And we flame him later in the podcast, and we'll flame him again now. Um, I don't miss him as a coach whatsoever. It's so funny because no. I look at other coaches fondly, like past coaches of teams I like, and I never look at Elaine Vigneault and go, hmm, I miss that. Well, it's it with Vigneault, it's always weird because especially – how many times have I come on this podcast and said million. really nice things about Terry Collins and then immediately say, while I feel all these great things about Terry Collins, I don't want him managing my team ever again. You can, you can separate your love and admiration for like, it's the same thing with torts. I love torts. I, love torts. I don't think I would want torts as Rangers coach ever again, but I'm grateful that I had torts. I'm grateful. I went through that experience. I'm happy. It, it made being a fan of the New York Rangers a little bit more fun because you had torts. But like with AV, I got nothing, man. Yeah, I feel nothing towards him, which is weird because like that oh, was I the, feel a lot of things towards him. Well, I, I don't feel him. anything positive really, which is strange no. because like those are some fantastic Ranger times. Like just great playoff runs, deep performances, good seasons, you know, President's Trophy, etc. All the good stuff. And I it just, always felt like it always felt like Vino was just along for the ride, though. It never felt like the Rangers were great because of Vino. It never felt like he made a singular decision that greatly improved the New York Rangers' chances of winning. Right? It we could have been behind the bench, and I think the Rangers would have done what they did, feels, regardless of our presence. It felt like Torts developed them to get to where they needed to be, and then they, they thought Vino would be the captain to bring them to the promised land, even though he'd never done it before and still hasn't. And that just never happened. So, um, yeah. well, with Torts, it also felt like the Rangers played a, a certain style. Like, you, John Tortorella's personality was Eat a puck. effervescent on the ice when the Rangers went out there to play. With Elaine Vino, it, it felt like he was just there to take credit for the greatness of his players. I That's I what bothers me that- so much, man. I wish that guy, like... I feel like good coaches and great leadership, like when, when the chips are down, like it's on you. It's like, I know the players have to perform. Like I thought when David Quinn, like 
this season. I, I thought David Quinn did a good job taking the taking the brunt of it and being like, it's on me. I have to get these players playing. Our David Panarin didn't play well in the postseason. But Quinn didn't make that excuse. You know what I mean? Like, I, I'm I'm not sure how Quinn's going to go over the next two years. But I like when coaches say, like, hey, this is on me. Like, it's my job to get these guys to play to the level they're supposed to. Vigneault, it's never his fault. Ever. It's crazy. And it's it's not a coincidence that it's almost like Elaine Vigneault feels like the league owes him three Stanley Cups. Because it can't possibly ever be. He can't possibly be the reason why his team hasn't won at all at this point in time. It can't be something he's doing. He's always doing the right things. It's that his players can't follow out whatever orders it is he's giving. It, it's, the only, it's the only acceptable outcome in the mind of Elaine Vigneault. And it, it truly drives me mad. I, look, we laughed at the Flyers when they hired Elaine Vigneault. We said, we said what happened was going to happen. We told them that he would, the regular season, when you get 82 games of Elaine Vigneault or 74 games, however many games it was this year, it's going to look good more than it isn't because he surrounds himself with solid players. So all those players have to do is perform to the median of their abilities and the team is going to be good, which the Philadelphia Flyers were. Elaine Vigneault might win the Jack Adams this year. And it's just so funny because we knew what this team was going to do in the playoffs. And they did it time after time after time again. If the Flyers even came back and beat the Islanders, you think for a second any of us thought that they were going to take the Lightning serious? Are you kidding me? We know he's a fraud. He's he's a scarecrow. That's all he is. He draws attention that he doesn't deserve. He's not special. He's not. He doesn't do anything to make his teams better. He's just a guy. I feel like he gets talented. I'll teams never and understand then, it. And then takes like. He's just handed serious talent all the time. I don't know how that happens. That's just... Elaine Vigneault in his career has never overachieved. His teams have always just achieved in the regular season. And then you get to the playoffs and they underachieve. Barry Trotz is overachieving right gonna... now. That guy's getting his team the most out of his team for sure. 100%. You know what? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna... to right, disagree with you there. I don't think Barry, Barry Trotz is overachieving. I think Barry Trotz, I, th- I, th- I think these Islanders are playing to the their 100th percentile. I think this is the best the Islanders could possibly play, but I'm not going to call it overachieving. The Islanders aren't doing something that defies what they are. I will disagree with that assessment of the Islanders. I think this is just like what we're watching is almost close to hockey perfection, but I don't think because they're playing that close to perfect that we can call it overachieving. It's not like they're scoring seven goals a game, right? Right. It's not like it's not like their goalies are standing on their heads. The games are going as you would expect an Islander game to go. But because Barry Trotz has his team playing at such a high level right now, more times than not, the games are ending in the Islanders' favor. But just because the Islanders are winning, I I, I think it's unfair to call that overachieving. I really do. And I we talk about this with Fitz coming up later on the podcast, but I think it's worth repeating a little bit right here. Um, there's a there's a big difference between overpaid and bad, right? Mark Stahl's bad. It's exacerbated because he's also overpaid. But at the core of it, Mark Stahl is a bad hockey player. Whereas the Islanders' bottom six, those guys aren't bad. The problem is they're all overpaid. And because they're all overpaid, it's going to create cap problems for the Islanders for players they need to keep, i.e. Matt Barzal who, again, 
I don't know how you can look at anything Barzal has done in this playoffs and not come away thinking that literal 30 other NHL GMs should offer sheet that guy. I, I get it, guys. I, 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 have, I love it and appreciate it that you all tag me and stuff when anyone talks about a Matt Barzal offer sheet. I think it's great. I 110 oh, – oh, my fucking God, every time. <laughs> I'm 7,847% serious when I say people, the New York Rangers. People understand that joke a lot People more. understand that later. You just Tarantino under- the shit out of this podcast. <laughs> yeah, people – yeah. <laughs> I dropped something that's going to become very apparent very, very, very soon. Yeah, but you'll understand. Don't the worry. New York, keep listening. The New York Rangers should offer sheet Matt Barzal. I believe that in my core. I understand why the Rangers probably won't. But that doesn't change the, my opinion that it should happen. While I think that's true for the Rangers, I don't understand. If, if you're a Hurricanes fan and you're listening to this podcast, if you're an Avalanche fan and you're listening to this podcast, if you're a fan of any of the other teams in the NHL, why you can't give me a reason why Matt Balsall shouldn't be offer sheeted. I don't, give a, I don't give a shit what your cap situation is. You make room for Matt Barzal. You have to. He's that special. He's incredible. Look at what he's – and it's it's not just the fact that he's special. It's the fact that the Islanders are in a special cap situation where if you offer Barzal enough money, they can't pay him. So it's just it, – it, it, the fact that this league will never understand – and it, Ryan, I am confident that they will never understand that the offer sheet plays two roles. It's acquiring a great player and screwing over a team that is trying to keep said great player. It's the second part that this league will never understand. That just drives me. It drives me crazy. We, you don't see this in other sports in North America. It, the NBA Poison pills, uses restricted free agency to, to the perfect point. The NFL, it's, it's rare, but it's, it's still there. And it mostly doesn't happen in the NFL because nobody just wants to sign long-term contracts in the NFL. Contracts don't mean anything there. They don't. With baseball – They've figured out the, quali- the the qualifying offer to a point where it kind of works at restri- as restricted free agency. And they figured it out from there. This is a unique problem for this league that we follow. And it drives me bonkers because it's, it's, it's set up for you to screw over other teams. And when you screw over other teams, even if you don't get that player, you're making your team better because you're making another team's situation worse. And I... I I, I will never understand it. That's that's t- that's asset management 101. It's not just about protecting your own assets. It's about making it impossible for other teams to protect theirs. What it, are you doing? It's crazy. I, it, it drives it really does. It's few things in sports get me this frustrated. And it's it's not always like I don't know how many times I've said it on this podcast. It's probably at least 7. The New Jersey Devils have so much cap space. They have so many draft picks this year. They have so many holes that need to be filled. Why the Devils just don't make 16 offer sheets to 16 different people this offseason and just to come away with one of those guys? Like, they're supposed to be a forward-thinking, smart organization. If they don't do it, there is no hope that someone is going to do it. I just, for the life of me, I will never understand it. It doesn't make any sense whatsoever. Just none. I just, I know that we read reports like, oh, because they're afraid they'll get offer sheeted back in the future. Who cares? There's a way to protect yourself from doing that. It's to don't let your players get to restricted free agency. Like those teams, it's just like, well, he's going to be a restricted free agent at the end of the year. There's nothing we can do about that. There's two things you can do. You can either trade them 
to get other assets or, or you can just extend it before he becomes a restricted free agent. Yes. Just offer him a contract in March. What? I, acting like, well, if I offer sheet Barzal, someone's going to come back in an offer sheet with Adam Fox. Don't let Adam Fox get in a position where he can get an offer sheet. Keep extending him. I, it, oh pay, my God. It's pay, such pay a, your it's good a, players? It's a, Novel idea. It's a, it's a small thinking league. It's a small thinking league. They look at one tree and they can't see a forest. Forget about seeing the forest through the trees. They're just, they're, their face is pressed up against the bark. And they're just like, this must be a plant. And they can't even tell you what the fuck it is in front of them. All right, let's get to our five-star questions for the week because then we talk a lot of New York Rangers with our friend Fitz. Uh, if you want to leave a five-star question, you can go to iTunes, leave a five-star review. We'll read it on the podcast. All right. Uh, we got a couple of uh, interesting ones this week. A lot of player trades uh, thrown at our way. This one's called, Can I Holla At You? Can I Hula At Ooh. You? DC from Long Island. Can I pitch a UFA for you both? What about Eric Hula? At age 28, he's carrying a $2.75 million. Ryan, I think it's Howla. Is it Howla? Oh, that's actually yeah. better. Can I Howla At You? That's fun. Hmm. That's way better. Reading, huh? Fundamental, everybody. Uh, take your SATs. At age, I never took them. At age twenty-eight, he's carrying a two point. Never took your essay. How'd you get into college? Uh, I went to Suffolk Community College, and after you do a community college year, or uh, they don't let you. They they throw out. How'd you get into the Don't you even have to take an SAT to get into the community college? You do not. Nope. What? And then when you trans- really? when you transfer to Maris, they didn't ask for anything but your GPA in college. So they didn't ask for my shitty high school transcripts or my SAT score. Yep. And I had a terrible okay. GPA in high school. So there you go. Okay. Yep. But I still have the same degree. Pretty interesting. <laughs> mm-hmm, 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 yeah, that's mm-hmm. that. You know your complaints about offer sheeting? I beat the system. That's what I did. All right. Yeah. Um, yeah. All right. Heard so that. he's got a carry a two point seven five million cap hit. He's a valuable two way center with underrated goal scoring skills. He's playing two C. He could play two C with Panarin and Kako. Possible fiddle connection there. Oh, uh, what do you? I, he keeps writing about uh, Hala. What do you think about this? Thoughts, guys. Love you guys. Love the show and the Rangers. Let's go. Uh, okay. Let me. Th- I'm gonna throw some numbers at you here. Hit me. Hit me. Uh, our friends, the twins over at Evolving Wild, mm-hmm. most mostly uh, mostly Josh. Which one hates us? Luke hates us, Luke, right? Luke hates us, absolutely. Yeah, Luke hates didn't us. show up. To be fair, we st- I, be fair. we think it was Josh on the show. We have it was just a guy that said he was Josh. I, we can't actually prove it. Like they do sound very similar. Yeah, audio wise, I I ran it and like and through my person scan and it did come out it could be either. So, uh, How Howla, twenty nine years old. Howla. Uh, his most likely contract outcome, according to Evolving Wild, four years, $4.23 million. Yeah. There's a 41% chance it takes a four-year contract. At three years, it's 3.79. Um, but as an unrestricted free agent, you would think more likely than not he's going to get the extra year thrown on. Now, uh, he's he's an interesting character because – in 2018-19, I'm going to jump over to another friend of ours who I've been trying to get on the podcast for a very long time, mm. uh, Michael McCurdy, because he's very good with the numbers. The The Golden Knights didn't play Howla that much, but Howla, when he did play, was good defensively. He was given more ice time, la- more consistent ice time last year, uh, and he struggled mightily defensively. For his career, two of the last three years, he's been a net negative defensively. He provides a decent amount of offensive upside, but it, I think if you're the New York Rangers at this point in time, even if we think Jacques Martin, uh, Marty Jocks is going to do some great, Marty Jocks is going to do some really fun things to make the Rangers more defensively sound. I think it's a tough ask to bring in 
more forwards with defensive liabilities because uh, part of my reasoning is look at someone like Ryan Strome. If you're going to play next to our Tammy Panarin, I think you need to focus a little bit more on getting a more defensively sound player because Panarin's going to be able to make whoever plays with him better offensively. So if, if player like it's part of the reason why we push so hard for Filipino to get second center ice time, right? Because we're confident Filipino was going to work offensively with Artemi Panarin. And we're more confident in his all around game than we are someone like Ryan Strom. So I, Howla for me personally, not a guy I would look to invest in uh, at the, at the two, at any of the middle C spots. Um, I honestly would rather just pay one more year of Ryan Strom and kick the can down the road a little bit further Same. than I would trying to get a Ed three or four year deal with Howla. But there not would be company. a lot of merch opportunity, like a ton. Um, so that's yeah, okay. we, we do like that. Yeah. Uh, Mystic Ace 78 asks, great show and great job. Says best Ranger podcast out there. Thank you so much. I look forward to listening to you guys every Tuesday mornings or my long drive to work. We all know next year's cap will be flat. Any idea when that'll be officially announced? Also, with what the Penguins gave up for Kapanen, what do you think the Rangers would need to give up for Sorelli or Sergachev? Thanks, guys. Keep up the good work slash content to stay safe. Oof. I don't think there's a they, – is there a package they could actually give up for Sorelli or Sergachev right now? From what we heard, feels like they don't – the Tampa Lightning aren't going to want to give up either of those guys. Uh, yeah, I mean, the package the Rangers have to give up are it's matching offer, offer sheets. Sheet. Yeah, offer yeah. Sheet. which I probably will equate to a first, second, and third round draft pick considering the level the Rangers would have to offer to get either of those players. Maybe, I mean, I don't know. We we talked with Jesse last week. The, it, it's hard to compare. The, the Penguins got a good player, but they paid such a high price to get that good player. It's, I think, irresponsible to think that will be the going rate for players of that quality. At least it should be, right? We don't think we don't think a different organization would try to offer the same for Kapanen. You would hope a different organization would offer one of the three things the Penguins offered instead of all three things the Penguins offered. I I it's hard to it's hard to play the like we're, we're, we're again, we're talking about a league that's so narrow-minded it won't do an offer sheet that I can't then expand my mind to even contemplate what a sign-in trade would look like in this league. Because it, if they won't do an offer sheet, why would we assume they'd do a sign-in trade? It's, yeah, I don't know why they would do that. It's, they don't want to give well, up those assets. I, I, yeah, I know why they, I know why they would. Or I know why two teams would, right? Mm-hmm. The Rangers would want to do a sign-and-trade because they would feel they could get one of those two players for less than a first, second, and third-round draft pick. And maybe they have a reason to feel that way because, again, if the if the Lightning want to protect their, that asset, they could try to directly engage with the Rangers. But we're talking about two guys that the league probably doesn't even think – about offer sheeting because it's just not what they do. That's voodoo that they don't drink. So I I just if if teams won't entertain the possibility of an offer sheet, I don't know why a team would then think that like this isn't a league that would see the value in a sign and trade. I it's tough. But it, honestly, if you're the Lightning and you want to keep both those guys, I don't know why you would want to do the sign and trade from their perspective because I think you'd just re- be very happy getting the first, second and third round pick. Yeah, they'd be thrilled. Right. Well, they wouldn't be thrilled, right. but they don't want to lose this guy. Those guys are so like Sergeyev's twenty-two years old. The guy's a monster. Yeah, don't, don't, the only thing you could think of is maybe the Lightning instead of getting the second and third round pick would prefer to get 
a prospect that they have a little bit more intel on and they've seen play some more professional hockey. Right. Like, is it is it more valuable for the, the Lightning to get a first, second, and third for giving up a player? Is it more valuable for them to, like, pick their get pieces. a first-round pick in Matthew Robertson? I think it might be better for them to get that, honestly. But the Lightning are you, great. You would at, think, because at, we, we, have, we have more hit. There's, there's more tape with Robertson, right? Right. And the second and third round pick, it's, it's a, you're depending on, one, how the Rangers play the year before. So that could be a late second, a late third round pick. And two, you're depending on the 20-some-odd other teams that would be drafting before that pick for you to utilize that pick yourself. So maybe, maybe that's why the Lightning would do it. But again, we live in, we live in a world with a batshit league that isn't going to do the offer sheet. So... It's it's hard for me to sit here and like they're both gonna just take some stupid bridge probably for two and a half million dollars each be criminally underpaid it makes me because sick. the Lightning are gonna be like hey as soon as we move Tyler Johnson and Alex Kalorn we'll get you guys in three years and it's just ridiculous this league is dumb and they'll both Players say yes to it it's crazy yeah they're both saying yes to it in a heartbeat I don't know it there's something in the water in Florida more ways than one yeah. I don't want to talk about it. All right. The, uh, this is from Andrew, a.k.a. Bread DeCocco. Best NYR podcast out there with recent mayhem in Arizona involving them losing picks. Do you think the Rangers will dangle picks as assets for a guy like Chikrin? That, they were barely a playoff team and missing out on a good draft year. Do you think this happens? I think I would love to get a player like that. I, I'm not sure that the Coyotes would be willing to, to dangle a player of that caliber. I mean, I think he's I think he had 80 points this year. I have to check. A lot. A lot to put. I don't think Chikrin had 80 points. No, that's been had 80 points. No, no, no. You're right. You're right. Hold on. I'm going to check it out. Uh, Chikrin is really good. And he's a player. If First of all, if the Coyotes hire Pierre Maguire, uh, Jeff Gordon should be on the phone with Pierre Maguire. Like right every now. Every day and on Sunday. Yes. Just trying to get everybody. Um, I will say this. I, I have a much bigger appetite for Chikrin or Christian Dvorak, who I think are the oh, the 80, Coyotes two very intriguing 80 points in his players. career. Yeah, there you go. 26 points this there year. Go. There you go. Uh, but very good player, very good defenseman. Someone the new, a, a smart hockey team would want as part of their core moving forward. Uh, which again, a normal team, it would be hard pressed to find a reason to trade that type of player. But with Pierre Maguire, anything is possible. Uh, I will say, I've seen a couple people mention Oliver Ekman Larson. I, I'm souring on Ekman Larson. Um, I just there's a lot more miles on that car. It's the, I don't think the cap hit is bad. I think there's a team that's going to be very happy to acquire Ekman Larson's contract. I just don't know how that contract necessarily works for the New York Rangers right now. Like, if we were talking about an Ekman Larson trade next offseason, not only do I think the contract would work, I think the asking price would be lower. It's kind of – it's a year too soon to make that move for Ekman Larson. But Chikrin and Dvorak are both young. They're both on their first – quote-unquote big contracts they're reasonably priced those are guys if you can get them you need to go do something to get them uh it a lot of it's going to depend on who the coyotes decide to run their team if it's pierre mcguire we got a field day coming baby yeah we really do next question is from rangers ak91 hey boys what do you think about not signing strom and sending georgiev to calgary for sam bennett or a pick or something extra i looked at the sam bennett a little bit and i wasn't as interested and i'm wondering if you have a different interest for Sam Bennett because he was a high overall, overall draft pick, but looking at his point totals and looking at some of his stats, and I wasn't really like thrilled with what the production he gave was. Bennett is interesting. Uh, I admit that I don't watch a ton of neither of us the do. Yes, Calgary Flames. 
Um, he's played a lot of third line minutes in Calgary, but again, it's a team that has a lot of guys they can like play 12, for him. 12 points in 52 games this year is rough, man. Well, the way the thing is, and I'll, I'll credit Elliot Friedman to this because mm-hmm. I, I do think Elliot, while Elliot and I think differently about a lot of things, uh, the way Elliot described him, I thought was pretty perfect. He's a guy that shows up in the playoffs, but he shows up so hard in the playoffs that it makes you question what he does in the regular season. And why is Sam Bennett not that kind of player for 82 games a year? And why is Sam Bennett only that kind of player? Like it, it's, it's interesting. It's an interesting theory, right? Because in theory, you could live with Sam Bennett underwhelming you in the regular season. If it guarantees you getting a high octane player when it matters most, but at the same time, Will you be able to be in the proper playoff position if Sam Bennett isn't playing that way in the regular season? I, it's, it I, is a weird, it's a weird question for sure. I, I yeah, I, the tape I watched very quickly, you know, some YouTube highlights or whatever right before the show and looked into his stats. I wasn't really thrilled with what Bennett was, was providing. I didn't know if Freeman well, even spoke about him this week. I, I don't think it was this week he spoke about. Him. I think it was a couple of weeks ago. But like, the Flames have never asked Sam Bennett to do a ton. He's still super young. Like he's he's only twenty three. He's always been a pretty. I, his point totals aren't there, but he's always been impactful offensively. He leaves a little to be desired defensively, but I mean, who doesn't these days? Uh, it, he's he's honestly for me, he's a tough one because I haven't seen enough of him, so I can't say one way or the other. Same. I know he shows up in the playoffs, but he always seems like that guy that when things aren't going well in the regular season in Calgary. I always feel like I'm hearing something that when are we going to see more from Sam Bennett? And let me tell you, if you think the noise is loud in Calgary, what do you think that noise is going to be like in New York? Yeah. Wait till you see what we do to Kako this year. It's going to be unbelievable. But if, if he, let me put it this way. If you can get him for 50, 60 cents on the dollar, I think he's a very intriguing person to put on the New York Rangers because look, David Quinn's got a lot of warts. And we're not 110%. Oh, my. <laughs> Why, right? Why? Every, every, I'm, not doing, I'm not doing it intentionally. I know. Everybody I buckle up. Everybody buckle up. You're uh, in for a treat. It, it's – he – if that let – me, let me put it this way. If Sam Bennett tries to coast through the regular season, David Quinn is not the coach that's going to allow him to no, do that. No, he'll hit the Quinn bin real hard. Real right. hard. So, if there's a – outside of the John Tortorellas, if there's a coach that I would have some confidence – I, the Brett Howden, Man Rocket stuff, notwithstanding. Mm-hmm. If there's a coach that I have confidence yeah. in to get more out of Sam Bennett, I truly do think David Quinn is one of those guys. Not just be, let me put it this way: if it doesn't work with David Quinn, I'd be worried that it wouldn't work with anyone. If that makes sense. That does make sense. All right, couple more questions here. This is from Why So Serial Twenty Two. Hey guys, new hypothetical for you this week: with the Kings likely drafting Byfield or Stutzel. And Gabe Velarde already in the NHL. Maybe the Rangers could make some combination of prospects and picks for Alex Turcott. I don't no, think. Yeah, I'll, I agree. I'll just stop you right there. Yes, it's like the the Rays wouldn't trade Wander Franco just because they have six other really good prospects. No one understands that because there's only six Rays fans on one of them. But yes, I understand. <laughs> okay, uh, <laughs> let me put it this way: it's more likely the Kings would trade Gabe Velarde than it would they trade Alex Turcott. Agree. Uh, the Kings have a surplus of number one potential centers, and they might be want to turn one of those over guys. Yeah, I don't think so. Agree. Uh, Turcotte is too well, high. They want to trade him now, right? If no. they're going to trade him, they're going to trade him when they need, when they're on the cusp of being a playoff team and they have a, 
a clear need that they need to improve from. That's when you trade one of your surplus of prospects. Yeah. Uh, next question is from week seven. Ryan, pretty sure it's pronounced Jack Martin. No, no, it's Marty Jocks. Okay. Thank you. Uh, Barbie K says, Barbie K 92. First things first. I love the podcast. Second, this is all in caps in case you're wondering. Greg, mm. stop getting mm. my hopes up that we're mm. going to get Matt bars all. I keep believing you. <laughs> and when it's not going to happen, my heart's going to be broken. Anyway, keep up the good work, guys. There was a sad face, a crying face, and then at the end, a happy face. All Again, I, I said it earlier. I'll say it one more time. A large part of me saying bars all to the Rangers is with the understanding that it will not happen. But all I'm saying is it should happen. That that's the point I keep trying to make. Agree. All right, listen. Let's get to our interview with Fitz. We have a, a real great interview with our boy. Um, before we do that, a little bit quick word from our sponsors. Transition. Now is the time to celebrate. That's right. Football is here to kick off football's hundred and first season. DraftKings Sportsbook, America's top-rated sportsbook app, is giving all users a no-brainer. To start the season, if you haven't tried DraftKings Sportsbook yet, head to the App Store now because you don't want to miss this. Have you ever heard of a football team losing by 100 points? Well, Week One, DraftKings is ensuring that you is ensuring you that if the Kansas City Chiefs were to lose in a historic fashion, you would still cash out your bet. That's right, DraftKings Sportsbook has moved the spread to the Kansas City to plus 101 for all users. So, even if Kansas City loses by 100 points, you still win big. At DraftKings Sportsbook. There, that is, my friends, is a no-brainer. Plus, DraftKings is giving away up to $100 million in prizes all, up to all users who enter their free football survivor pool. And all you have to do is sign up at DraftKings Sportsbook, enter their survivor pool, and you instantly get to share up to $100 million in giveaways. Download the top-rated DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use promo code QUICK to take advantage of this no-brainer offer. That's promo code QUICK. To get on all the action for a limited time at DraftKings Sportsbook, must be 21 years or older, New Jersey only, eligible restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com Sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. And Blue Shirts Breakaway is also brought to you by Manscaped. They have you covered. Keep your hair looking nice and trimmed and feeling fully supported. Manscaped offers precision engineering tools for your family jewels. The premium lawnmower 3.0 is waterproof, includes an LED light, and is made with advanced skin-safe Technology, which reduces nicks and cuts for your delicates. You can get this trimmer inside their Perfect Package 3.0, which also includes the Manscaped Crop Preserver Ball Deodorant and the Crop Reviver Ball Toning Spray. Both super practical, and by the way, they smell great too. Plus, for a limited time, when you order the Perfect Package Kit, you get two free gifts, the Shed Travel Bag and Manscaped Anti-Shaping Boxer Briefs. The Manscaped Anti-Shaping Cooling Boxer Briefs might be one of my favorite parts of the collection. Keep them cool, boys. The Manscaped Boxer Briefs are optimal temperature control for the crop cooling technology while keeping your pride and joy supported. So, really easy to get started on this. Get 20% off of free shipping with the code THEATHLETIC20 at manscaped.com. That's 20% off free shipping at manscaped.com. Use the code THEATHLETIC20, THEATHLETIC20. From moose to the caboose, always use the right tools for the job, Manscaped. Hey, we're back with our first and only guest of the day. We have our good friend Fitz, recurring guest, uh, Twitter phenomenon, former SNY, I think, or current SNY, I have no idea. Fitz, how are you doing, buddy? I'm, I'm doing really well, guys. Thanks you for having me you on. You like that intro? Pretty hot stuff. Pretty good things. <laughs> listen, listen. I, the more anonymous I can stay, the better. So I love it. I love everything. It's very, very hockey stat miner of you. 
<laughs> that's my idol right there that's the guy all right uh we brought you on to talk a lot a lot of things hockey a lot of things rangers a lot of things islanders a lot of things playoffs but let's start with the, your guy Jesper fast right i mean that's and notably has that been the player you talk about the most on twitter that's from the rangers can we can we just agree on that oh 100 i won't deny it i won't even try to deny it it's close between him and booch i feel like it's been a real it's been a real nice race the past two years between Jesper and booch on your twitter feed they're they're one A and one B in my heart. You guys know that. Yeah, the Vooch thing is like I I. What do you mean by your heart? Like your hate heart, or because you've you've done a whole turnaround. I feel like I have no idea how you feel about Vooch Savage these days. Uh, I I honestly I don't even know how I feel about Vooch these days because I, I kind of lost myself in the in the bit for a bit there. So I'm not sure whether I hate him or love him or just think he's a really good player. So like I. Uh, one of these days, I'll, I'll land on a spot and uh, that I feel strongly about and actually I, believe. But I, res- I respect knows. you. I respect you playing both sides, though. That that feels the most fits thing I could ever think of. I I use that always sunny clip. I think two times a day now, too. <laughs> it's almost bad. <laughs> too much. Fairweather fist. That's what they always say on Twitter. It's like unbelievable. <laughs> oh, it's the way the wind blows. Islander fans, Fitzgerald. Oh. Okay. Um. Let's let's get right into it. So Jesper Fast, there is uh, multiple reports from websites that probably don't have sources, but pretend they do, um, saying that wow, the, that... wow right, oh, right. <laughs> just fucking lighting Adam Irvin up immediately. Oh Jesus Christ! It was two different I did sites. Not see that come... Wait, it was that two is... different sites. It was it wasn't just uh, Bluechart's banter. It was another site too. Just yeah, you but know. you just lit, you just lit him up in a way that I was not ready for. I didn't know it was going to be that bad, but the flames are already wow. on. So it just everybody. Wow. I'm sure I'll get a nice Jesus. message. <laughs> I expected that. I the whole reason we brought Fitz on is so he could say that kind of stuff, and that we don't have we could just like let him get the heat for it. Oh God, oh, my there's God. A, there's a car outside gonna my house. He's going to he's going to write an entire article. It's unmarked. He's going to get your mom's phone number and your phone. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> Oh, don't call no. Kathy, bro. Oh, no. Kathy's visiting this weekend, actually. I'll tell her. Uh, I'll tell her myself. Oh, I'll tell her myself. Boy. Anyway, yes, so there's one website that's reporting they're close and one website that says he'll test the market. Which way do you believe it'll go? Um, I I, I honestly just believe that he's, he's – I don't think he's close, but I still think his preference is to stay with the Rangers, if I had to guess. Um, he's a guy who's been with them for a long time. He was drafted by the Rangers – uh, he's been on good teams. He's been on bad teams. He's been first line. He's been fourth line. He's been all around. Um, but, you know, uh, I always thought he was going to end up staying with the Rangers. Um, obviously, with what happened with COVID, kind of changes everything uh, with the flat cap for the next couple of years. And, you know, I'm, I'm – listen, like everyone knows, like you guys know, I am the biggest Jesper Foss fan you will find. That is my guy. He's been my guy for a long time. I have so much respect for the way he plays, how he can be used – on any line, he never complains. First line, fourth line, 20 minutes a game, 12 minutes a game. Uh, doesn't matter. He just goes out and does his job. Um, but I un- also understand that, you know, depth players in the NHL are replaceable. You know, you shouldn't be loading up your bottom six and your, you know, bottom pair on defense with guys making four, three to like $5 million. Like, that's just those types of players you can always go out and find. Um, you know, a team like the Canucks, in, in, it just comes to mind where they have, you know, such high-end talent, but they also have just an outrageous amount of money spent on these, like, Jay Beagle-type players, um, which you don't want to do if you're a team that's rebuilding. You know, when you have cheap talent, like the Rangers are about to over the next couple of years with the amount of draft picks they've had, you should be spending your money in other ways, like trying to, you know, make an Andre Burakovsky-type trade to get a guy like him in or, 
you know, go out and sign uh, RFA or like trade for an RFA and sign them to like a longer term deal when you are paying guys like, you know, Lafreniere and Kako and Fox nothing uh, for the next couple seasons and, and Shesterkin next year too. So, you know, the Esper Fox thing, my heart obviously wants him to stay. My brain understands that it's probably not the best use of cap space, especially especially considering that the cap is not going to be going up next season and probably the season after that. So, you know, I want to believe the report, even though I didn't see it because I'm blocked on Twitter by the <laughs> individual who reported it. So Jesus. I was not able to see that. Um, but but I, I really hope he stays. But at, at the same time, I understand that. You know, if he asks for more than like three mil, it's it's going to be difficult for the Rangers to to keep him. I think. All right. Yeah, so first I of mean, all, I'm offended because well, you said on, bottom on, six. Hey, 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 guy, settle down, relax. <laughs> all right. This is the guy first, that cuts me off every first. single podcast. I can do it one time. Yeah, damn right. So I'm doing it <laughs> one again. time. Understand the podcast. <laughs> Understand the podcast. Uh, there's there are a couple things, even with the lack of the report, that we could fully agree and fully understand, right? If the, the New York Rangers clearly value Jesper Fast, if they didn't value Jesper yes. Fast, they would have traded him at the deadline. They've had three deadlines that they could have traded Jesper Fast, who was making peanuts compared to what someone of Jesper Fast's ability should be making or could be making, right? So the Rangers clearly Correct. value him. They This was his walk year. They could have dealt him. They didn't. Obviously, we think the Rangers want to bring him back. Obviously, if you're Jesper Fast, you understand that this might be your last big payday. He's going to be 28 years old. Uh, I, I understand that that's about eight years past his prime, according to some people on Twitter. But in actual sports terms, it's hard to imagine Jesper Fast getting a big contract here to then get another big contract down the road. So Correct. you understand Jesper's perspective of wanting to get the bag this time because there might not be another opportunity. But I'm, I, you just don't you don't pay role players. I, I just I think it's that simple. You. It's hard to find role players like Jesper Foss. It's not saying it's going to be easy to replace him. At the same time, the whole reason teams pay role players and they get in trouble with the cap. And the Rangers only have so much money to spend this year. I just don't see how they spend that money specifically on Jesper Foss. Oh, I completely agree. I completely agree. It's, like, like I said, it's all, all the points you just said are facts and they're correct. And it doesn't make it any easier for fact for me that that like I I just like can't picture him in another jersey even though he's worn like six numbers with the Rangers. Uh, <laughs> so like I I, I genuinely I, I think he's gonna be gone. And but like you said, I think one important thing that Greg said is clearly the Rangers value him because they did not trade him at the trade deadline, which is something I was personally stunned by. Like the big names were obviously Kreider. Um, you know, Shea was obviously tossed around, so it was, you know, D'Angelo. But, like, Foss, I thought, was a goner at the deadline. Like, I thought that was, like, 100% lock it up. He, you know, was going to be a free agent. I didn't think they were going to keep him. And then when they didn't, I was like, oh, shit. Like, they they really do, like, appreciate what this guy does like I do. So, you know, I, I, I just can't see him, you know, I think, like you said, another good point by Greg was that, you know, this is probably going to be his last contract in the NHL. So, you know, you got to maximize your value. Like, if I was him, I wouldn't be looking to take any discounts either, no matter how much I love playing with the Rangers or being in New York. So you got him and his agent, they got to go out and get the bag because it's probably the last one they're ever going to get. One thing you said that I, I want to fact check you on, you said bottom six, but I'll, I'll remind you, in this playoffs, a second, line, uh, a second line player and in the Lightning series where the Rangers lost in game seven, also a second line player. I mean, just saying. Oh, yeah. Just saying, big time game. Tremendous. But Listen, I, he, he's... 
a lot of people have been saying that Artemi Panarin made Jesper Voss. You <laughs> could make the case. I'm not going to, but someone could say Jesper Voss made Artemi Panarin. I'm just saying. Other people way around. People are saying it. Stroman Voss. That's the offensive connection that Artemi Panarin needed to become what he a hard Hey, hey Ryan Strome couldn't do anything with Connor McDavid, but, you know, get him on a line with Jesper Voss, the guy's almost a 60-point player. Makes you think. 70-point player. Makes you think. I'm... I'm curious how the market's going to go. I think you know, we'll have to see how all the dominoes fall because I do see a situation where he could accept, again, if there's no pandemic whatsoever in this situation, I don't see a way he's back with the Rangers. But if the, if there's really not money out there right now, we expect there not to be, I could see him taking a one, one-year deal with the Rangers and then trying to get one more chance at that free agent bag. Like, what would you think is a fair contract on the on the open market? Well, let's say, let's say uh, none of this happens. We're all living a happy life. There's no pandemic. What's the, what's a good contract for Jesper Fast in in our alternate world? Um, uh, I would say whatever Jay Beagle got like two years ago. What was it like four years, three and a half mil per year? I think that's fair. I think that's around what it was. Yeah. What, Greg? Greg, you said that's you know we're talking say. about getting the bag now. Like, what do you think the fair value right now is for Jesper Fast, even like for a multi-year deal? I would have before the pandemic. I would have been. I it would have been hard to imagine Jesper getting a deal below three and a half million dollars annually. Um, I think I, I, I pulled up the twins contract projections recently, and I think it was um, a shade under three for two years and about three and a half for four years um, or three years. I should say I, he's confident he can get, according to the article we, that was posted, he's confident he can get $4 million. And the crazy thing is I under, Part of me is like, yes, it's a flat cap and teams should be more judicious with their cap space. But we're also talking about the National Hockey League where Pierre Maguire has now been interviewed for two different GM openings. How is that possible? And uh, I don't I don't know. So it's like it's we're, we're talking about it in a way where we're, the three of us are thinking logically. I think we need to continue to think about the NHL as the National Hockey League where if Jesper Foss is confident he can get $4 million, I have no reason to believe that that isn't true, even in these times. Okay. Which is Pierre, Pierre is signing Tyler Mott and Jesper Foss immediately if he gets that GM job. I, I can already guarantee it. He has to. For, for substantial I, – I just I, – everything is – there are no secrets in the NHL, right? If someone is saying they can get $4 million – it's because they've probably already been told that they're going to get $4 million. When information leaks out in the NHL, it leaks out because it's done, not because this is how the market is trending. Like with other sports, Ken Rosenthal will tell you a range of $7 million, what a player could possibly go for. In, in basketball, Shams and Woj are somehow predicting – Shams and Woj tell free agents where they're going to sign as yeah. opposed to the other way around. In the NHL, we learn about stuff when it's done. So if Jesper Foss is saying he can get $4 million, I 110% believe a team will pay him $4 million on the open market. Should they? Probably not. And that's no knock on Jesper Foss. That's just not the kind of guy you should be investing $4 million. Like, the things he – he does so many things well. He really is a jack of all trades. This Everything that I'm saying, I don't want ever to be perceived as a slight to Jesper Foss because it's not. I think the, the best way I summarized it over the weekend is teams that want to win the Stanley Cup need Jesper Fast. 
The difference is those teams understand that they shouldn't pay Jesper Fast, which is why they go out and they'll trade a third or fourth round pick for role players that will do one specific thing well. And they, they, they'll just never pay those guys big money. They'll let them walk in free agency all the time. It's, it, it's just a conundrum with Fast where you need that player to win, but the only way you win is if you're not paying that player. And that's unfair to Jesper, 110%. I, I, it, it sucks. But it, it, I, I'm of the opinion if he can get $4 million, the Rangers need to go let him get his bag because that, that man needs to get paid, just not by the Rangers. Yeah, I wouldn't pay him $4 million either, and I'm his biggest fan. You I, legitimately I, I are. I completely agree with you. Yeah. It, I, I like completely agree. If, he, if it's more than that, they have to let him walk. And they, they, they just doesn't make sense considering all the needs they have, their, their current cap situation. You know, if, if, they, if they buy someone out to give Jesper Foss like $4 million a year, I, I would even be pissed. Like, that would just be a dumb, just dumb, like, waste of resources, essentially. The you know, Rangers, it's just not a smart business decision. I feel like the Rangers have done a weird job negotiating contracts over the past couple of years. On one hand, like, I feel like they got Chris Kreider to take less money. I, I, I believe if the pandemic didn't happen, Chris Kreider was getting way more than he got on this contract that he had. I, he got, they got Artemi Panarin to take less money, which is great. Um, that's awesome. Because the, he was like, I don't want to play for the Islanders. I want to play for the Rangers. And, uh, of course, you've all seen the post this week of he chose the wrong team. But then with Jacob Truba, I feel like they overpaid market value. And when they had the negotiating sort of in their hand, um, like, it was in their favor. They already traded for him. He was in New York. He clearly wanted to be there. And then they paid him what I would think was market value or above market value for Jacob Truba. And then at this point, that, that that's going to be in the books for a long time. So they have, a, they have a track record of, like, getting good deals and getting bad deals. And I wonder if Jesper Fast is one of those things where they try and be loyal and, and pay him more for maybe, like, a two-year deal. But I feel like two years is still too short. Am I, am I crazy saying that? Short for him, not for, not for the Rangers. Yeah, for him, definitely. I think he's probably looking for, like, three or four. Probably because this is going to be his last, like we've said, his last contract, most likely, in the NHL. Um, so, yeah, at least, I, his, I, at I, least I, his last big contract. Like maybe, yeah, exactly. maybe he starts bouncing around signing one and two year deals, but he's not going to get paid like on those deals. And stuff. Yeah, yeah, one hundred percent, one hundred percent. Like for him, I, I, I want him honestly to go win. I just want him to go to a winning situation. So if he's not with the Rangers and it's because they can't pay him, um, hopefully some like you know like the Penguins give him like a ten end deal or something like that or, or something preposterous. Jim Rutherford, you never know with that guy. So the Penguins, I, I, like some some yeah some some like some team who's good, you know you know it'd be hysterical if the Leafs somehow end up with him and just give him like four million dollars a year. It would pain me, but it would be so funny. Well, the Leafs thing is we have a lot to talk about that. I think the Avalanche he'd be a good fit with. Like he'd be he'd be oh, fun I'm on that team. On the that that that's oh, that would be great. That's the other thing about Jesper that I, I, I think it's important for us to mention. The New York Rangers are significantly better if they keep Jesper Fast. Like, this isn't Correct. even a discussion of should does Jesper Fast fit the Rangers, blah, blah, blah. It's not even that. The New York Rangers, 110%, are a better – I need to stop saying that exact percentage. That's the third time, and I'm a little embarrassed about it. <laughs> either, either way, either, either way the New, Jesper Fast will help the New York Rangers next year. No doubt about it. He's their best defensive forward. It, I don't want to think about where this team would be defensively, even in the Jacques Martin world that we're going to be moving into. Taking Jesper Fast off this team is a significant move. So I, it, none of this conversation is from a standpoint of, I think all three of us unanimously agree 
that the Rangers are a better team with this guy on the roster. I just think the difference between us and NHL front offices is we also realize there's a there has to be a breaking point where you you just can't you can't commit that much salary to that player. And I, I think the Rangers it, it doesn't sound like the Rangers are going to get to that point because I mean if the, if they're exchanging numbers around the three point two million dollar mark, like it's not that it's a bad contract. It just it seems like a misuse of cap space if you're the New York Rangers, which is weird because again, we're saying that the Rangers are a better team with the Esper Fives. So I don't know. It's a conundrum. Yeah. It's, it's one of those real weird things. Like he's, he's one of their best defensive players, like not even just forward players, including like the defensemen. But at the same time, like, you know, he's, he's just, it's it's such a weird spot. Like you just can't pay the death toll. We we like in normal times we would absolutely kill other teams if they signed a player like Jesper Foss to a four million four million dollar four year deal or something like that. Like we would absolutely we would shit we would make fun of them for days. Um, which is gonna suck when he actually does sign like that somewhere. And I have to, you know, it's like the Tony Hawk uh, race war meme. You know, holding the gun to his face. <laughs> but uh, that'll probably be me. So it's. It sucks. Uh, it's a weird situation. I hate it. I hate every part of it. I wish they honestly would have just traded him at the deadline so we could have just ripped that Band-Aid off then. And I could have already been in the healing process by now. I don't even know what they could have gotten for Jesper Fast at the deadline. I really don't. I don't even know if they even got gotten to talk. Sounds like they didn't. I, I really think they just had no, like Greg said, they just had no intentions of dealing it, which is like kind of crazy to me. It is insane. Like when, uh, if you, if I guess they're going to try and resign him. Like they have to, if you don't, if you're not going to deal that guy, you have to try and resign him. Right. That's the I, only I way. It's, it's terrible. Like asset allocation. If, if you just let him walk for it's nothing. Miserable I, 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 I would have paid for him. I don't, I, it, it's, that's a tough, that's a tough one. Cause like, is, is it more valuable to the Rangers to just keep Jesper Faust, who we know is a big locker room guy too. This is the guy that's won what? Like six player players player awards for the Rangers yeah they should just rename it the Jesper Foss award at this point yeah so he's he's such a big locker room guy and he's playing a central role on a line that you consider if not your most important line obviously it's a top six line uh like is it is that worth a third round pick if that's all you're going to get for Jesper Foss on the open market is it worth getting the third round pick just to say you got the third round pick and you get that one in 600 lottery ticket I don't know. Like, I I understand. I I get it. I 110%. Jesus Christ, that's the fourth time. <laughs> Where's my problem? I don't understand. Uh, I, I get it. it. It's it's hard to let guys in this asset management world that we live in, uh, our generation specifically, it's really tough to let free agents get to the open market without protecting yourself in some way, shape, or form. At the same time, if you're the New York Rangers and – I we we know that Jesper Foss is a better player than like Derek Grant and Nate Thompson, right? But these yeah. are guys that are traded at every deadline for third and fourth Curious round picks. Brought up those two names. Uh, interesting, <laughs> right? I will. I'm sure we'll get into that later. But guys that are just recycled throughout the league for mid round draft picks. The if you're the Rangers and you already have this glut of draft asset. Why not just keep Jesper Foss and just figure it out later? If you sign him, great. If he walks, are you that upset that you didn't get a third-round pick? Like, I think with some guys, I I, I made this argument, I want to say, back in the day about 
Ooh, I don't even know the player, but I've definitely, maybe it was Yandel where there are some guys I think you just have to walk to market with. And if you're the Rangers, maybe a couple more weeks of Jesper Foss is just, that's more valuable to them than a third round or a fourth round draft pick. If that's all, if there, it, it's a different conversation if the Rangers thought they were able to get a second round pick, right? If, if you're going to get some team to pay a Barclay Goodrow price for Jesper Foss, but the only reason the Lightning paid that price is because Goodrow had another year on his contract. I, with that, I, for me personally, I understand how unlikely it is for the Rangers or any team in the NHL to hit on a third or fourth round pick. I'm okay with them going to free agency with Jesper Foss if he doesn't come back. I think I thought they played it. I thought they played it fine. I will never criticize it. It's yeah. It's just it's just such a weird situation just all around. Just COVID, the COVID. He didn't even play in the playoffs because of fucking Brady Shea. Yeah. It's so disgusting that that his Rangers career might have ended on a hit from from Brady Shea. It's it, even saying it out loud makes me want to vomit. But it's it just it all it all around just is is very odd. It's it's very peculiar, and I'm I'm honestly like fascinated to see how it's going to turn out. Me too. I can't ever, I'll never be able to handle the not trading Keith Yandel thing. That's been one of my stand on that hill for a very, very long time. Still on top of it, screaming about it. I, I think it was, I, it's funny going to think back on the first hills that you and I ever planted our flag on in this podcast we do. Mm-hmm. Yours was the Rangers should have traded Keith Yandel. Big time. And mine was, mine was the Rangers should have traded Chris Kreider before giving him a bridge contract. Because I just couldn't <laughs> trust Chris Kreider. Like, that. Honestly, one of the first hills I ever I ever decided to build for myself was before the Rangers gave him that what was it four point six four point whatever yeah four million dollar yeah that four year deal right yeah I I was I was saying the Rangers should think about trading him because he's so mercurial that you should try and sell when some other team could believe in the future and here we are the Rangers didn't and it seemed to work out five five years here later here we are. <laughs> Yeah, it's ridiculous. Uh, yeah, Keith Yandel getting like absolutely no value. What they get a seventh round pick or whatever? Unbelievable. Yeah, it was ridiculous. But but then you look at Georgiev, who people are talking about trading, you know, because they want to keep Henrik as the backup, and even if Henrik stays here, which it looks like he's not. Let's get to that next. Um, and Georgiev, like the the rumors are like the third round draft pick. Like, okay, if I could have got that for Jesper Fast, I would have taken it. Like that's I would have done that in a heartbeat. I understand the value that he has in the locker room and like all that. Maybe they thought they could make a run in the playoffs. With, well, but they didn't even know COVID was happening, so never mind. I have no idea. They, th- they thought they were going to make a playoff team, and then they just couldn't make the run. They weren't going to make it if COVID didn't happen, period. End of story. I just I, – a third-round pick, it – Keith Yandel was a fourth-round pick. You know? It's like – I know it's a, 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 a track – like a crapshoot at yeah, this point. Yeah, for, but for every Keith Yandel, there are literally 30 other players taken in that round that don't become Keith Yandel. Right. Like, it's – it's tough. It's, the draft is just always a crapshoot. It's, it's a crapshoot. It's a whole big crapshoot. Yeah, and while while it's nice to have this, like, look at someone like Jacob Ragnarsson. That that's a name the Rangers took in the in the third round two three years ago. We don't ever know if that guy's even going to come over. Like, it, is that kind of player worth trading Jesper Foss for? If you'd rather, if he means that much to your team, your coaching staff, and your locker room. I'm fine going to market with Jesper Faust if all he was going to get was a third-round pick. And we know enough about the NHL where it's hard for any of us to sit here. And while we think Jesper Faust is a second-round value or even maybe a late first-round value for what he does on the ice, we know the NHL doesn't see the the league, the, the game, the same way the three of us do. 
So that's Correct. a guy with an expiring contract that was probably going to get you no higher than a third round pick. I 100% notice I didn't go 110. Yeah. Would just, <laughs> would just keep Jesper Foss in that scenario every time. Somehow we've done 25 yeah. minutes of Jesper Foss. That's really impressive stuff, guys. Clap because Fitz I'm is so here. happy. Fitz is here. <laughs> this, is like, this, is, this is like my dream come true. We didn't even get to do anything else. That's awesome. Um, let's, let's go right to Henry Conquist. Is he a Ranger next year, Fitz? Uh, I don't think so. Me either. I don't think so. It's, it's so fucking sad to think about, man. Like, I, I really don't want to have to use a Henry Conquist in a different jersey as a meme like we do with Shaq or like uh, – Martin Brodeur. Uh, Brodor or Shaq like has like seven though. It's different. You know what I mean? Like he has. Yeah, yeah, that's true. He has like a set after the Lakers. Was he at five more? Heat, Phoenix, are you, Cleveland. Are yeah. you guys telling or me like, you don't you know, have like your Patrick Ewing Seattle Sonics jerseys? It's a it's a nice jersey, but no, I do not. It is a very nice jersey. Um. Oh, yeah. Man. So I don't I don't think he's gonna be back. I think the more reports like I know Larry wrote this week like he's back in New York, but it's for his kids to go to school, which I don't think is that weird. Um. I I. I from everything we've heard about how much the Rangers love Georgiev and how much they love the two young goaltenders, I I don't think there's a way. I keep thinking he's going to somehow magically retire. I don't know why That's I had that. I, yeah, I had that yeah. gut feeling. Do you have the same feeling? I don't know why. Yeah, I really do. I, I, I've been saying this to, like, family members and, like, friends who are Ranger fans. I'm just like, I just think he's, from just, like, reading all his comments from this year and even the offseason, he seems like someone who is, like, just genuinely – at peace with how his career went and how everything went. And like, he seems like a guy who only wants to be remembered as playing for one team, one franchise, you know, like one, one team on the back of the hockey card, like all that old say. And I think he genuinely, if they say like, listen, like Hank, being honest with you, like you are not going to be the backup next year. Like Georgiev is going to be the backup. Shesterkin is the starter. He's going to be like, all right, um, I don't want to play for another team. So I'll just retire. That's what I personally believe. Yeah, I will. I will say, I just, I don't, I don't know if it's just because of the reverence the fan bases have for both of these type of players. Obviously, the careers ended in completely different ways, but there was no chance David Wright was ever going to put on another jersey that wasn't a Met jersey. I get, I get that it was, it ended up being an injury that ended his career, but you go back to the decision David Wright had to make in 2012 when the Mets were utter garbage, not good, didn't seem like they had a future coming. Wright could have gone wherever he wanted to for more money than he decided to sign with the Mets for, and he re-upped with the Mets. I get a lot of those vibes from Hank. And you also, while I'm sure Henrik Lundqvist obviously wants his name on a Stanley Cup, this is a guy that has a gold medal with Sweden when they weren't supposed to win Olympic gold. He's got World Cup titles for years upon years. I I think, I don't think Henrik feels like he owes the hockey community anything more. I think he wants, he feels like one of those players and one of those human beings, honestly, that cares more about his legacy than what he thinks other people think he should do with his career. And I, I, I have a hard time believing Henrik Lundqvist would put on like, a Colorado Avalanche jersey. It just yeah. doesn't seem like something he would do. And it, it can't, he wouldn't do it for the money. The dude has made more money than most hockey players ever will. And by being in New York, he has marketing opportunities that he just 
won't have in Denver. So like if Henrik Lundqvist retires tomorrow, not only is he, he's going to make that eight and a half million dollars back easy. I think. Yeah. Without a doubt. Still a ton of Without cash. Without a doubt. Yeah. I completely agree with you. Completely agree with you. Like him putting on another sweater. He's someone who probably doesn't want to do that. Um, like I, I just, I just can't, I just don't want to see him in another Jersey. You know, I don't, I just don't want to see it. it. My like brain couldn't handle it. So I'm really hoping he retires. And from, from everything I read and see, I, I have a feeling he's just going to. I don't know why we all feel that way. It kind of feels strange, doesn't it? Like every, I know 2020 has been so weird start to finish really, but to have Henrik Lundqvist be like, yeah, he's just going to retire. Like that's how he's going to go out. Like that's what's happening. We just have two young goaltenders and the legendary uh, backstop for the New York Rangers. Just going to go ahead. Just yeah. Peace out. You go ahead and take that salary cap boys. Like, wow, that's weird. Such a strange. I will say, yeah, I, I will say if Hank retires, $3.2 million for Jesper Foss doesn't sound all that bad. No, it does not. Especially. So if he retires, does the eight and a half just disappear? It's gone. Yeah. Yeah. It's just, it's off the books. It's like not one of those, uh, like, cap recapture thing. No. Freeze thing or anything like that. No. No, because when he signed his extension, it, the, the cap recapture only happens to contracts the NHL has since deemed illegal. So contracts over eight years. Like you have to deal with oh, okay. cap recapture. Oh, that makes sense. All right. Yeah. All right. That, that would be actually great. Back up the Prince truck for Jesper if Hanker dies, then I'm with it. <laughs> it's like just such an unbelievable situation. Because if you buy him out, like, then you have to pay. What is it? Do you know the number off the top of your head, Gregory? Yeah. The, the, next the, year? Rangers, would op- the Rangers would open up $3.5 million of space this year, but they would have an additional $1.5 million added to their uh, ledger in 21. Which I guess isn't the worst like the one and a half, but you want to like 21 is what you're trying to like go for the cup, right? Like we can all agree. That's like the year we're like, we're trying to start it. I don't know. I don't know. After year, it'll be what? Like 21 by them. It's kind of 22. It's kind of cooked. They're old, right? Might be time to enter another rebuild. <laughs> <laughs> oh, the past their primes. You know what I mean? It's just all the, uh, all the potential. I, I, I've infected Vince with that too. I'm very happy. I'm very, very Vince, happy. Vince is so crotchety on Twitter now. He one year one year on the beat and that guy is just downtrodden. <laughs> oh, that's what they do to them, this fan base, man. It only took six months, really. Poor Vince. He's doing a good job. He's out there grinding. I respect it. He puts all the videos up when he's in practice. Oh. It was my favorite. So um, yeah, people, the, the people are just inventing podcasts play. to invent Vince on as a guest. It's crazy. I, I the the amount of podcasts I got invited on after I said I would do any podcast because uh, we won the first overpick. By the way, yes, I'm still training for half marathon. By the way, I'm still going to do those things. Yes, 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 yes. Um, is ridiculous. I there's like Ranger podcast I didn't even exist. It people are starting podcasts to be like, KK, can I have you on or Vince on? It's incredible. Like Vince is on every single show. Like man, hustles. I love it. Oh yeah, me too. I love to see it. Get after it. Um, who are you rooting for? Bolts. Uh, I, in an ideal world, it's both stars in the finals for my wallet, is it, personally. Oh, what, what, what happened, what happened flyers, to your beloved but... Flyers? Listen, listen, I, if they would have won, I would have had money on three of the four teams left. So I would have been in a great spot. But, you know, I blame, I have no one to blame but myself. I, I bet on a delayed the joke team. So you guys tried telling me and I didn't listen. I have no one to blame but myself. Well, God. you you had a good chance to make the finals. AB does have a good track record of doing that. Just this time, it was it was a, a similar game seven versus the Lightning. You know what I mean? Like very similar. 
not a it lot really of shots. Was. It was like honestly reminding me of it. So I, I, I saw the first goal and and then I saw the response to the first goal from the Flyers. And I was like, oh, I've seen I've seen this too many times. I was like, this is not good. This is not good at all. Isn't it eerie? I, no, it it's not. It's, so it's not. Eerie. It's not eerie because the man doesn't learn. Like, look at his look at his rap. Like the the day after wrap up comments he had when he said some of our top players didn't play up to their ability. We're probably going to have to make any changes. It's like Elaine, look at a fucking mirror, dude. We have years upon years of your teams. The one consistency here is you are the coach, and this is what happens in these situations. It's maybe it's not the players. Maybe it's how you handle and set these players up. I, it's incredible. That man, he, he's literally the Simpson meme from uh, Principal Skinner saying, it, it can't be me, it must be the kids. Like it's, <laughs> no, it's, it is the children who are wrong. Yeah, it's bananas. He doesn't learn. The every, game six, you guys want to talk about game seven. How many times oh did we God. see Henrik Lundqvist perform that way in a game six? Carter Hart had like 70 saves. You know, that, oh that game six reminded me so much of game six in Washington from 2015 when they were coming back from 3-1. Dude, I was like, I, I've literally seen this game. Pictures perfect before. I, I got I got so – I it wasn't directed at that at Stephen Wino, but when he was like, hey, Elaine Vino has come back from 3-1 twice before, I was like, motherfucker, Henrik Lundqvist has come back from 3-1 twice before. You put yeah. – you show respect in how those series were won. That was not Elaine Vino all of a sudden flipping a switch. That was Henrik Lundqvist deciding in the moment that he was going to stop allowing goals to go into his net, and he didn't care yeah. who was shooting and where they were shooting from. The New York, AV the was New York Rangers like sixth on that list. Yeah, you have Hank, you have Chris Kreider coming back from the injury. You have obviously the horrible thing that happened with you know Marty St. Louis that gave his mother passing, gave them like an emotional joke. But, like, those are three things off the top of my head with the Penguin series before I even get to AV. Yeah, and the, the Capital series is just Henrik. Every, the Chris, Chris Kreider like, plays a part in that, cool. too. He really does. Even though, like, it's late in the game. He scores with, like, three minutes left or two minutes left to tie it up. It's like... Uh, Hank was leaving the ice, yeah. Yep. They pulled the goalie. Yep. It was a pretty big moment. But, like, AV is low on that list in my... I totally agree with you, Greg. Couldn't agree he's, hor- he's horrendous. 110%. I... Honestly, I, I know Fitz, I, Fitz, I've talked to you about how Elaine Vigneault is just George Carl. But the more I yeah. thought about it over the weekend, he's Dusty Baker, too. Because how much, how much street cred does Dusty Baker get in baseball circles for being Dusty Baker, despite the fact that that man has done nothing? He had, oh, he gets so much. He had Barry Bonds in his prime, couldn't beat the Angels. He, he destroyed one of the best pitching staffs, young pitching staffs in modern baseball history. He yep. he gets opportunities with the Nationals for some reason, and he he has Bryce Harper, Max Scherzer, Steven Strasburg, Anthony Rendon can't win with them. It, but every like when the Astros hired Dusty Baker after they fired AJ Hinch, like oh this is a phenomenal hire, just veteran veteran coach able to get teams there, blah blah blah. Bro, he doesn't have a ring. Why why do we hold Dusty? Why do we hold Elaine Vino in these high regards? With all these other coaches, people comparing him to Andy Reid was also disgusting, disgraceful to Andy Reid. Honestly, that was that was ridiculous. That's a tough one. I viscerally hated it because part of the reason why Andy Reid doesn't have a ring is because he's trying to always outsmart Bill Belichick, and that is a literal impossibility. But Andy Reid's an innovator. Like you, you can trace things back in the National Football League that have changed league wide because Andy Reid started doing it. Elaine Vigneault hasn't like 
change the game in any way. He set the game back a couple years, I think, because if teams try to turtle like Elaine Vigneault does and they try to make that work, it's, calling him Andy Reid is just trying to joke about how Andy Reid doesn't know when to call a timeout with under two minutes to go. But, yeah, like the Chiefs, the Chiefs really should be two-time defending Super Bowl champions but D Ford jumped off sides. Up off side. Yeah. yeah. And, and like Andy Reid has changed as the game has changed. Like he, he continues he to yeah. update the way he plays. Yeah, exactly. Well, look at Barry Trotz, the coach that beat him, dude. Like Trotz was available. The Islanders got him. I hate the Islanders, obviously, but Trotz has those guys playing a system that is just unbelievable right now. He's getting the maximum talent out of his roster, like absolute maximum. And you can tell the players want to play for him. They're running their brick wall for that guy. And LA video, he's just blaming all his dudes. Trotz is out there, like, you know, giving every, singing everyone's praises, you know, saying it's his fault when they, when they lose. It's that That's a real coach. That's a real guy you want to fight for. LA video, like, he comes in, puts his system in. You win a couple games. You get you get to the finals your first year, and then you just get disappointed for the next three. And then he's fired. He goes to another team, does the same thing. It's the exact same shit. Kills I just, I just want to say, if you put sunglasses on Barry Trotz, that man looks like Squirtle. Exact <laughs> replica. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, my God. That's just... Oh my I mean, God. it's true though. It's true. It is. It, true. It, it's one and the same. I, I. It's not. It's not a knock. I fucking love Squirtle. I'm just saying that dude should be behind the bench wearing shades, and maybe he can evolve into a Blastoise eventually. Fitz, I, I have a couple more questions for you, that we'll let you get out of here. Um, do you think the Rangers make any trades before the dead, or rather, at the draft or uh, this off season, not deadline? Yeah, uh, Tony and all the. Podcast revenue generated from mm. uh, Watch Your Tone yes. for Eichel. Mm. Bang. Yes. Let's get it done. I mean, I'll call it into the league right now. That's it. Uh, um, I, I don't know if that's going to be considered set cap circumvention, including podcast revenue in there, but we'll, we'll check. But um, on a serious note, um, I can see them. I think they're 100% going to trade that second first-round pick. For who? I have absolutely no idea, but we'll see. I don't know if I agree there... if I want them to do it or not. I really don't. I've been thinking about this a lot. Like, do I want them to ship it? There is a lot of great talent in that first round, but I, what what can you really get for it? I, and I That's really the question. I don't even know what's out there. I want them to make the equivalent of the avalanche trading for Burakovsky is what I want them to do personally. Okay. Okay. I don't know how, but... Greg, you were saying? We'll Sorry. Well, I was just going to say, has there ever been an... I know arbitration hearings never sound like the most exciting thing in the world. But oh has there ever God. been an arbitration hearing you've wanted to be in more than Tony D'Angelo's upcoming arbitration no. hearing? No. Uh, I, 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 I read the rules, I, though. They're I not allowed to, like, be... bring up social media or anything. I think. I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't know if that's true. I thought that was. I, I, I thought Tom Ertz posted about it. I have to double check. No, there, there has to be a character clause in every contract negotiation that's ever existed. I would pay so much money to be a fly on the wall in that arbitration hearing. Oh, it would be so funny. It would be great. Because I would just love to see what they pull up. Like, Tony, and you said this on this day. Your thoughts? He's like, uh, there's the truth, Get you know? The yeah. What's the... <laughs> That's it. I just love the people. That's all. Um, <laughs> gotta give them what they want. It's it's ridiculous. So I, I, I hope that, uh, I hope that those details get leaked somehow. I know nothing gets leaked in the NHL, but I hope that someone records that entire arbitration because I would listen to the entire thing start to finish. And I would do a full breakdown documentary on it also. All right. Um, any other questions for Fitz before we get out of here, Greg? Um, off the top of my head, because that's what we always do here. Mm -hmm. I just, Fitz, I know we were talking about it before we started recording, and I'm sure Ryan and I will talk about it again when we 
do the beginning of this podcast. Uh, the the Islanders slander has oh. it gone too far? Oh, one hundred percent. It's it's ridiculous. The Toronto people. Oh, it's 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 like it's shameful. It's honestly shameful what they do. Um, <laughs> like you can't just you can't just continually say like, well, you know, they, they're uh, this is not 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 take any credit away from the Islanders, but you know they're really not good. So like, congratulations for making the Easter Conference Finals. Like, that's just so disrespectful. Like, pay some goddamn respect to this team. They lost their best player two years ago in heartbreaking fashion, and they they hired a, a coach who won the Stanley Cup, and his team was like, okay, yeah, get out of here. We don't want you anymore. And then they just continue to prove everyone wrong. Literally, like before this season started, the amount of people saying this team was going to fall off a cliff from where la- where they finished last season. I think I think probably ten out of ten like previews I read, analytics regular, they all said the Islanders were going to fall off. And then I get that there's been a huge break in action here, but they're they're in the goddamn Eastern Conference Finals. So like, pay your respect. It's it's ridiculous. It's gone way too far. Yeah, they have a shot here. I hate that team, but I have to say I really like Barry Trotz, Barzal, as you all know out there, we love uh, for many reasons. Like, there's a lot of players that are, like, enjoyable on that squad, and the way they I play is obnoxious. It's obnoxious. I would I would do terrible things to have Beauvillier on the Rangers. He's awesome. I love every part of his game. Yeah, I've uh, I've drank the Beauvillier juice, and it, it gets brought up to my attention that the Islanders drafted him with the Rangers' first-round pick, and it, yeah. it, it doesn't do well to my knees. I honestly, that second line the Islanders run out there, it's infuriatingly perfect. I, I don't know how you would improve. Bailey Nelson and Beauvillier just for whatever reason work perfectly together. It drives me mad. Every time they're on the ice, I just know something good is going to happen for the Islanders. I don't I wouldn't know how to prevent something good from happening for the Islanders when they're on the ice. They're they're top 6. I don't terrifying's not the word I would use for it. It's just they're relentless. They're yeah, relentless. That, that's what it is because Barzal's going to do something special and Anders Lee and Jordan Eberle are going to get out of the way and let Barzal do something special. You have Nelson, Nelson, Bailey, and Beauvillier, who are just going to put in a quality shift every time out. And Beauvillier is taking his game to a level that I didn't think he was going to take his game to. And it's truly terrifying that it's happening in the Rangers division. I just, with the bottom six, I just want to point out to everyone that there is a big difference between being bad and being overpaid. It's, it basically goes back to the Jesper Foss conversation we had for 25 minutes with Fitz earlier. The Rangers could overpay Jesper Foss. That doesn't mean Jesper Foss is all of a sudden going to morph into a bad player. Like, the Islanders should not be paying guys like Casey Sezikis, Cal Clutterbuck, Leo Komarov. They shouldn't be paying those guys what they're paying them. But specifically, Sezikis does a very important thing for that team that works. It's just they've paid so many guys that now they might not be able to pay their top guy, but that doesn't mean the players are bad. Most of those guys serve a useful purpose. The only thing is the Islanders tried to pay everybody. And now it's going to hurt them when they need to pay the one, somebody Matt Barzal. I just can't believe the Islanders are the best team in New York by like a wide margin right now. And there's like the Yankees are a close second. And even they're not very good. The Yankees are bad right now. Absolutely. They're fucking terrible. (laughs) Yeah. They're not good. They're they're quite bad, honestly. I've I've watched some of the Yankee games recently. It's not fun. Not fun to watch them. Do they have all the injuries? Yeah, I I can't name of Jets, Giants. No, no way. Knicks, Absolutely no. Not. Nets, not next year, maybe. 
Not the not the Mets. Let me tell you, not the Mets. Either. Oh, Definitely yeah, not the not Metropolitans the of New York. <laughs> no. Yeah. It's. Uh, I think that's really the Nets. The Nets and the Islanders are going to be the best two teams in New York. How does that make you feel? <laughs> I was, oh God. We, we we do we do live in a timeline now where like the two best players in New York, well like Degrom has the crown, then it's Barzal, yeah. then it's Garrett Cole, and then it's like Andreas Jimenez, and those are the top four guys playing oh, sports sh- for New York. Sh- Shakon Bar- right Barkley is like what? <laughs> he's not, hey, he has the season hasn't started yet, baby. Okay, we haven't seen shit well, from him. Yeah, once he's on the field, it'll probably be him. Uh, yeah, it's dark times for the city, man. <laughs> it's really good. I don't know how New York doesn't. I don't know. They just hopefully Lafreniere becomes the uh, the star-studded person of this of this entire generation. It's gonna be hard to beat Degrom. He's a stud, absolutely un- yeah, unbelievable. Yeah, something else, man. He, I don't it's, understand. Uh, he's, I, we're imagine black. winning. We're imagine black. winning two. I I know Fitz has tweeted. I think this exact phrasing that I'm about to say. But imagine winning two straight Cy Youngs and then coming into this season being like, you know what? I'm just gonna start throwing 100 miles an hour. Yo, I think that's it, what I'll do this year. Insane. Oh my God, it's so cool! I love, I love him. I he, quick next tangent. Um, that's this whole podcast. Back when like they all, <laughs> yeah, that's a good point. That's a good point. I forgot about that. It's uh-huh. been a while since I've been on. <laughs> yeah. Um, back when they all first came up, like Degrom, Harvey, Syndergaard, Thor, all or Syndergaard, Matt, all of them, Wheeler. Um, a good friend of mine who was like a really good, like high school pitcher. He won like best pitcher in our in our like division. Um. One of my best friends, and, and I remember talking to him in 2016 or 2015 when Harvey was, like, really cooking, you know, Fat Matt Harvey the year they made the World Series, and there was all the hype around how, you know, he's the best, and Syndergaard came up, and he was great. And then, you know, one of my one of my friends, we were all arguing about it one day, and quietly just this kid just goes, I don't know what you guys are all talking about. DeGrom is clearly the best and is going to be the best for a long time. And I'm like, wow, you really think that? And he's like, he is something I've never seen before with the pitcher. Like he's absolutely special. And to this day, he's, he's been bang on with that. It's just, it's, it's so weird to think about this, but it's also true. When the Mets promoted DeGrom, they promoted him with Rafael Montero, Montero. on the same day. Yep. And DeGrom was coming up to be a reliever. They weren't even going to put him in the rotation, but then Montero did something warming up a couple, like for his bullpen session and pulled the muscle. And they put DeGrom in because he was the freshest arm. And all DeGrom did was shut the Yankees out for six straight innings. And then that's that. DeGrom was in the rotation forever. But yeah, I, I just, will always remember that. He he came up the same came up the same day as Montero. Montero was the heralded prospect, the truth, the guy all Met fans were excited about, myself included. And DeGrom was just this 26-year-old hard-throwing uh, stick that the Mets were going to use in the bullpen. And he... He burst onto the scene, never looked back. It's incredible. Yeah, he's he's an absolute legend. Love him. Love him. Go raise. Anyway, Fitz, pleasure um having you on, my man. Anything you want to plug for you get the hell out of here? Uh no, you know. Just uh don't call me an intern if you tweet it at SNYTV, all right? Just don't call me an intern. It hurts my feelings. Wow, that's tough. That's tough. All right. Well, appreciate you, real always, well blow. appreciate you always being on. It was a pleasure chatting hockey and other nonsense with you, and we'll have you back on sometime this summer. Thanks a lot, guys. You know how much I always love coming on here. You guys were the uh, the first ones to ever have me on a pod, and, and since then uh, I'm so happy to see the success you guys have had. <laughs> Can I can I just say can I just say for a second that Ryan said we'll have you on again this summer? It's September seventh, dude. Idiot. Dude, okay, can we talk about this? 
Can we? Can, is your brain all fucked up from the coronavirus? Because mine is for sure. Absolutely. Oh no! Oh, I, absolutely. Yeah, I've I've said this to multiple people. It felt like it felt like it took two years to get through March and April, and then time it's ceased to exist. And I don't know what day it is anymore. I looked at my wife yeah, earlier, March and I was April's like, bad. "Hey, football starts this week." She was like, "What?" I was like, "Yeah, football starts this week." She was like, "That can't be. It's impossible." I was like, "Yeah." how i don't i don't it doesn't make sense it, i in my brain like hockey's still going on so summer's about to start you know but that's just not how this works because it is oh, september 100%. it is september 110 percent. fitz thanks so much for joining us and we'll talk to you <laughs> next time peace out all right thanks for talking guys Peace. for the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time there's Granger, offering professional grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.